we go. <laughs> How are you? Sorry about that. Good. I'm, I'm doing really good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's nice to uh, kind of virtually meet you. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the e meet. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, talked a little bit on Reddit. Um, podcast guest exchange how uh how much success have you had with that have you used that a lot or uh i we haven't i posted on there looking for other producers and um editors and audio engineers for a podcast i just started with a colleague of mine but i haven't had anybody reach out to us on there and as far as like being a guest i've um i was uh Two other people have contacted me, uh, and we were one we were supposed to record last week, but they're uh, they ended up having a a meeting. They're on the East Coast, so I'm on the West Coast, so they're are, are they ended up having a thing that got rescheduled at the last minute. And he was like, "Could you do it earlier in the day?" I'm like, "Man, that's like seven a.m. I don't get up at seven a.m." <laughs> well, I appreciate so. you coming on and uh, taking the the time to be on Bold Exchange. Um, I've been listening to the podcast producer survival handbook, man, and it's it's really informative and very to the point and very practical. So, thanks what you're doing is is pretty cool over there, man. Thanks, that's good to hear. That's that was uh, that's the goal we're trying to hit is just real easy and practical stuff that if you're um even if you're not like in podcast production i think if you're freelancing and it's it's like practical tips for you know how to get clients and manage your clients and just run your business yeah even if you're like a graphic designer or some other type of freelancer like you know, I, when you were talking on the last episode about like using Fiverr and stuff, like that's something that I was had always thought of doing. But then, like hearing you guys say, like, well, it's usually not the best way to do it. Honestly, was like, oh, hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is if you if you have a limited budget, I think Fiverr is okay. Um, if you're if you're like, um. Like me, I my fees are too much for like an individual to afford. That's why I work with businesses and associations and stuff like that because they have marketing budgets. Like they specifically set aside chunks of their budget to right. market. So, uh, so they, you know, they're they're used to paying for services like at the rate I charge things. But if you're, you know, if you're just a hobbyist or your or maybe your podcast is you're like okay i i earn a thousand dollars off a month off of like patreon or something like that and you're trying to offload some of that work then yeah look for someone on fiverr you know or um because they're gonna be a little more affordable but also you know you don't know you get what you pay for a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah so <laughs> So uh, before we get too far into this, why don't you introduce yourself to the to the people listening a little bit? Uh, tell us how you got into podcasting originally, uh, and then how you kind of transitioned into the producer side of things, or how that sure. whole thing. Yeah. Well, first, thanks for having me on, Austin. Appreciate of course, it. Man. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. You're the first fellow podcaster I'm having on. Oh, and really? The first person that I haven't like really met before, so it's kind of a, oh, interesting. You know, new thing. So, uh, well, how I got into it was just completely by accident. Um, it, this would have been around 2011, 10, somewhere in there. Um, 
I tried doing a podcast with some friends. We didn't know what we were doing. We had a a um uh omnidirectional mic that we just set up in the middle of a room and we sort of did like a riff tracks kind of thing where we watched old movies. <laughs> Way too long for anybody. Basically, we tried to make our own DVD track, you know, like the bonus track that you could plug in the DVD and listen to it at the same time that we were commenting on stuff. But um right, like a little commentary type thing. Yeah, but we didn't even know how to upload it or anything. And then uh about a year later, a friend and I just started listening to podcasts around 2010. And then around a year later, my neighbor across the street at my the house I used to rent had come up to me and said, Hey, I've got all this equipment for podcasting. Do you want to do a podcast? And I was and I and I said, I don't know how to even do that. What do I what do we do? Is and he said, Don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. Um so I had I, I, I couldn't think of an idea. And then he had said, Well, you know, you like nerdy stuff and you've got you know, you and I hang out with your friends and and you and you guys have dumb funny things to say about like pop culture nerd stuff. Why don't we do something like that? So um uh, yeah, so then we created uh, a podcast called no nipples on the suit which is a reference to the joel schumacher batman uh era and then uh we yeah we did that for about a year maybe almost two years uh and i made every mistake you could possibly make with podcasting i learned a lot from that podcast on, on what not to do we posted things irregularly we never we never had a real clear defined vision for the show you know, like one year, one episode we covered Top Gun, and then the next episode we were talking about the, a couple episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation. It was all over the place. Um, it was a lot of fun to do, and even back then, the podcast was doing okay. Like for being such an early show, we actually did pretty decent numbers. And then um, everyone started. We were all in our early thirties, late twenties, and everyone started having kids and kind of life was interrupting stuff. So ended that show. And I thought if I do another one, it's just going to be me and a guest. Um, and I thought about what I wanted to do. And I, I live in Sacramento, California. And at that time, our city was really going through a weird, it, we're always in the shadow of like San Francisco. We're not far. It's about an hour and a half from San Francisco. And so we're always sort of the, you know, the, just the also ran that is next to San Francisco. Um, and I had met a lot. Of, I had been a freelance illustrator for a number of years. And I did art around all around town. And I, I met all these really fun, cool, amazing people doing art for a, a, several years. And, um, and I was starting to get more, I grew up in Sacramento, but I, I did not like it growing up. I hated it. And, and I moved away. I lived in San Diego for several years and LA for a little while. And, when I came back, um, when I moved back here, I just fell in love with the city um, and the arts, all the arts. It was just a lot of cool stuff. And I thought, oh, there's there's so much to cover here. I should do, I'll do a podcast like celebrating the people who are doing really cool stuff here. And um, and uh, started the show, just basically called, called on people that I knew and said, hey, could you be on my podcast? And uh, they said, sure. And within... By the end of the second year, going into the third, the podcast was really rolling. I was getting a, several hundred downloads an episode, and um, and then uh, how many episodes the, were you in at that point? I did. Oh, geez, 
um, a hundred and something. Okay. So you were pretty developed and before I was doing, yeah, I was doing weekly. Um, and then, uh, yeah, by the, by the third season, by the end of that third season, I was getting a few thousand downloads per episode and, um, and I was getting people on that. I didn't even know, um, just reaching out. I had like a, I had a network of friends that I really trusted. Some of them were journalists. Some of them were just like in the arts district. Some of them just did own businesses or just doing unique things. So I would ask them like, Hey, can you recommend 10 people I should have on the podcast this year before the season began? And, um, so I would connect with people through there and say, Oh yeah, that person seems maybe okay for the show. Maybe I'll wait and see what they do or, you know, or this one, this person seems like a really just cool down to earth person that just started a unique business or whatever. And, um, yeah, the show took off and towards the, towards the end of it, people that I had had on the show previously as guests had started moving up in the companies that they worked for or in their careers. And now they were like in management positions and started asking me to help them produce a podcast for like their, the company they worked for. Like one of them, one of my friends, she was an editor in chief for a business magazine here in Sacramento. And she's like, could you help us do a podcast? I said, sure. And, um, she's like, what would you charge for that? I go, I, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? She was, you know, could you do it for fifteen hundred dollars? I was like, Yep, yeah, I could do that. I could do that for fifteen hundred dollars for sure. <laughs> and then she said, Send me an invoice. And I, I go, I don't know how to, I don't know how to write an invoice. How do you do that? So she, she helped me write my first invoice. Basically, sent it to me and said, Just tweak it how you need it. You know, for us, for yourself. And then so I did that and then sent it back to her. And that's really what got the ball ball rolling. And then. In um, 2018, I left my job. I, I was in a job that was a really toxic work environment and kind of had it. I was just, I just had it. My girlfriend had been pushing me for a good six months. Like, you should just quit your job and try and pick up clients. Yeah, people, enough people are, I sort of became Mr. Podcast here in Sacramento. So, because um, I'd been on the news and a bunch of other stuff and, um, She's like, people, people know who you are. Like, why don't you just start a podcast business and, you know, give it some time and see how it works out. So, uh, yeah, 2018, I, I quit my job and, uh, started my business and it wasn't easy at first. I, that, that old job was, um, had really worn me down, like pretty, like mentally. I just, I was like, I had no self-confidence after I had left. I was like, I'm never going to get a client. And I had a a friend in here, a colleague in Sacramento who owns her own business. And she'd been on the podcast and I didn't know her well. I knew of her, but she had told me, she's like, if you ever start a business, I think she just knew I had some sort of like entrepreneurial streak in me. And she had said, if you ever start your own business, uh, come let me know and I'll help you get started. I'll help you figure it out. And so after, after a couple of weeks of just like not, just struggling, like not knowing where to look or how to begin really. Sasha, my girlfriend was like, reach out to, reach out to Tina. She she said she would help you. So I, I reached out. Yeah. And next, like a week later, I had a meeting with her. And then a few weeks after that, I had my first client, like almost not even a few weeks. It was like 10 days later. I had my first client after Tina helped me. So, nice. Yeah. And so were you doing like your, like hosting your own show while, when you started this or were you, did you kind of take a break before the, Oh, yeah, with Cody? Uh, 
No, I well, yes and no. So I uh I was winding down my podcast. It was called Serious Talk Seriously. Um and I stopped that in 2019. I knew I was it was coming to an end. I had done by that by the time I wrapped the show up, I had done 200 episodes and I was sort of I was like, ah, someone else should do this, a younger person. Cause at that time I was 44, 43. And I thought someone younger should do something um, similar to this from their perspective, like a younger perspective. Cause I'm, I'm kind of aging out. <laughs> That's how I felt. And I had just done enough of it. Um, but I had also had another podcast called graphic novel explorers club, which was about comic books. Me and two friends had done together. Uh, but I, I ended that in 2021. 20, I think my, I, we, I just, I, same thing. I just kind of, I was like, it's time to try something else. I, I really didn't think I was going to host another show after that. So. And so then how did you come about starting podcast producers survival handbook with Cody? So I'd met Cody in 2021 at a uh, podcast movement in Nashville. That's right. I think I remember you guys talking about that. Yeah. We had met there uh, just, just, because that was the first one post pandemic lockdown and uh it was a lot smaller usually the there's two podcast moves if you're if you're if you or your listeners don't know about podcast movement it's basically the biggest uh sorry my dogs are right behind me and they're one of them's having dog nightmares um uh we that was the first usually podcast movement there's two there's podcast movement and then podcast movement movements evolutions which is the smaller more industry one and podcast movements kind of the bigger anybody can attend and and that was the first one post pandemic um and so it wasn't that big so like i i met more people that year and i'd run into cody cody wears like really bright vibrant t-shirt or button-up shirts at these things and he kind of stands out and he was one of the few people that was there. So we just ended up talking. We ended up hanging out a bunch. And then I bumped into him again at um, Podcast Movement Evolutions in LA in 22. And uh, we ended up hanging out a bunch. Super nice guy. Very knowledgeable person. And uh, when it comes to podcast, anything else, he's not very knowledgeable in. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. He, he's a super nice guy. Really, really really good dude down to earth knows a lot about production and and we kept talking about um just like yeah like freelancing live producing stuff and i would i'd give him some advice and tips and then we met up again at podcast movements evolutions 23 in las vegas and there was another guy there uh michael who i'd met at the la one and the three of us were hanging out a bunch and we just started talking uh, Michael's an audio engineer and then Cody and I are both like freelance producer editors. And we just, I ended up talking with those two a lot about like, you know, you should try doing this. Or if you have, if you need to raise your rates, this is how you do it with your clients so that it's not like a real heavy hit. Uh, and, and you how to present an argument, whether where they, where they agree with you that they should raise their rent, you know, or raise their rents. You can raise their, your rates. And, um, so yeah, the more we started talking about it, the more we realized like, oh, we should, Cody and I started talking about like, we should start a podcast where we can pass this information on. And and then 
we kept talking about it, talking about it. And then finally we were both like, let's just do it. Let's just start. So we kind of had out, outline and, and that's how it got going. So nice. Yeah, I had to close my door real quick. My, my Roomba just started. <laughs> my dogs are going to freak out. So give me one second. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no problem. Hey, everybody. Austin here. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, please drop the show a follow on Spotify or subscribe if you're an Apple podcast listener. It really helps the show grow and you'll always know when I have a new episode with a bold and unique guest. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, I don't think that there's a ton of podcasts out there specifically focused on the production side of things, you know? Yeah, it's or it's really it's more about like um, how to manage your business as a freelancer or a sole proprietor. I don't really call myself a freelancer anymore. I, I've started to call myself a business owner. It sounds it legitimizes what you do. Um, yeah. Freelancer to me sounds disposable, whereas a business answer, to, a business owner does not. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I always kind of looked at it as a business anyway. I mean, even if you are freelancing anything, it's still you got to treat it like a business, you know. Yeah. So, um, cool, man. So, like, what are some of the bigger challenges you've had as you've gotten into? freelancing since you said 2018 you know it's like five years now so i'm sure you've had some ups some downs some wins some losses so what are what are some of the bigger problems that you face or challenges that you've had to overcome yeah um well full-time since 2018 i really started freelancing probably in 2016 okay um, and then started the business in 18 uh oh dude the, well the the pandemic was rough I mean, it was rough for everybody, but when um, when that <laughs> going into that, I had all these, I had like six potential clients lined up, and I had a studio space at the time, and uh, I was like, okay, cool. I, I think all these people are on board to do podcasts or all these businesses. So I upgraded all my equipment. I spent a good chunk of money just upgrading things, and then. March of 2020, right before the lockdown, I went to go visit my dad and his girlfriend in LA and um, came back and everything just, the shutdown happened. And I'd say probably within five business days, that first full week, all those potential clients called me and said, our, our marketing budgets are frozen. We can't, we can't do any, any of this work. I was like, all right. Uh, so, and then all my existing clients, same thing. They said, we will, we can't pay out because our marketing budgets are frozen. So we can't move forward on anything until, um, until that, until we get some sort of definitive answer on when we can start doing marketing again. And I had one client who said, <laughs> uh, we, can we, We'll we'll pay you eventually for this, but can in the meantime, can we do something, just anything, and can we, can you do it for like four hundred dollars an episode or two hundred two hundred bucks an episode, something like that? I was like, sure, I'll take it because I had no other income source, and um, so yeah, so like for six months, it was rough. That first six months, I had to basically. What little money I would pay for everything on my credit card. And then any money that came in, I'd pay my credit card down. 
<laughs> I would just do like a little bit above the bare minimum payment just to, so I had some, some, right. some way to pay for things. Um, yeah. So that was rough. And then I, I you know, eventually I ended up getting a, a, a grant through the, the city. They had a, they had, they did a creative economy grant. So that kind of, I got a chunk of money from that. And then my clients all at once, the existing clients that I had contracts with just everyone just paid me out after several months, they just paid me out in full. So uh, yeah, it was like all at once I had all this cash come in and then it's also just been rough since then. Like things started getting better. And then right before interest rates started going up, I had same thing. I had a couple clients lined up and then the interest rates started going through the roof and then all, I'm not kidding. All all within the same week, I had all these potential clients say our marketing budgets are kind of frozen right now because we don't know what this if we're going because everyone was that last fall, everybody, you know, all the news agencies were saying a, a recession is coming. So they all got cold feet and backed out. So but things are things are starting to get better. Um I'd say another rough part is just trying to find clients that I should say clients interface like ha having potential clients are usually marketing directors and executive directors and stuff like that that see the value and having a podcast as part of their marketing platform but dealing with boards older boards that have that have the final say on um on spending the money on a podcast that don't get the point of a podcast. That's been the biggest challenge I find is older, older boards, older executive directors, older marketing directors that don't get what a podcast is. They don't, they don't see the, the return on investment, the ROI. They don't, they, they have a hard time. They can't directly say, okay, well, if we do a print ad, we know it's going to, and we put it in a magazine like 15 years ago, the distribution was a hundred thousand people. We know a hundred thousand people could possibly see that ad. And now they just, they have a hard time seeing how, like, well, what is, what, what is this? What's the value of it? Why should we spend money on this? And, and even when the person I'm working with directly, uh, and I like put a really good pro proposal together, they still don't, they're like, what? Well, I don't get it. So no. So, yeah, that's probably one of the bigger about, challenges. There's something about podcasts. I feel like, like, if you have a hundred thousand people looking at an ad in a magazine or a newspaper or something, it's almost not as good as just a thousand people listening to like an hour long podcast. Like, if someone's listening to you talk, or you know, for an extended period of time, like, I feel like that goes a long way compared to like a print ad. Like a print ad, no one even looks at anymore. Like, you're just well, even back then. You're a hundred thousand people saw that print ad. How many people are actually gonna convert on that? Right. You know. So yeah, you're right. Like it's better to have. Uh, that, that's the thing I talk about workshops. Like try and find your niche because having a niche audience is much better than having a broad audience because you can really dial in on them and ask them to you know do lots of stuff for your show. Like you know, hey, help promote it, help spread it. You're like, you're almost creating a culture versus a fan, you know, just like a, mm -hmm. uh, a, just like a casual fan. You're actually converting someone into like part of your show's culture. Like they're the culture of your show. Um, 
I recently had a, one of one of my clients, uh, their tourism organization, and I went to a networking event here in Sacramento, and there was like now now I'm like I'm gonna start putting this in my like proposal packages that I put together. Uh, I got there a little late, and uh, and basically it was the only seat left, and there was a couple of people around me that did like money lent like uh mortgage lending and stuff like that. And then there was uh, two two women uh, across from me who worked for IKEA, and then there was some other people that did marketing to my right. So we were kind of they all had done introductions, so I was kind of catching up late, and um, and so I said the my client's show, and uh, well, I don't know why I'm being so secretive about it. It's Visit Sacramento. Visit Sacramento is my client. And uh, and I run their podcast. It's a tourism podcast. And so this woman heard that. She goes, oh, are you Flores Podcast Consulting? Because that's the tag at the end of the, you know, in association with Flores Podcast Consulting. I said, yeah, I actually changed the name to bi- of the business. She goes, well, I, I listened to that podcast and my family and I, when we were thinking about moving, we were going to move to California or or Oregon. So we, they were listening to a couple different cities podcasts, like the tourism podcast. And she had said, I really like your podcast. I like the way it's produced. It's, you know, I just, there's a lot about it. I liked and everything I heard about the city through the podcast as we started looking into things. That was one of the reasons we moved here was because of the podcast, like did such a good job of like selling the city. That's and, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So I was like, Oh, so I immediately told my client that, <laughs> And he has since shared it with, you know, all of his coworkers and his executive director and his marketing manager. Uh, so it's like that, like, that's what you can accomplish with a podcast versus a print ad is like have people fall in love with the culture and the message that you're sending out versus, well, here's just a static image. You know, we're leaving it up to you to figure out like what you like about it. So, Gotcha. There seems to be a new trend, uh, maybe not a new trend. It's just kind of following the great, the overall trend of social media. But you know, with like TikTok and Instagram Reels, so many podcast clips. I see them all the time, and it's probably you know tailored towards me. Like I, I like a lot of comedians, and they all have mm. podcasts. And um, so, how much? Do you deal with that? Do you deal with any video editing or anything like that? Yours is all audio. Not really. Only for the podcast producer survival handbook do we do video. Um, but no, I don't do it. It's video is so much work and it and it takes so much time. It's just me. And if I had to do video on top of audio, man, I would not have the free time that I do. Right. <laughs> so it's not worth it to me. I, you know. Um, yeah, I just, I don't see from a time standpoint, I could earn more money, but I would also just have way be more. Working all the time. Yeah. I would have way more work involved. Gotcha. Yeah. That's something I'm trying to do with this podcast a lot. I kind of slacked on it the last week or so. Um, see, and that's part of the thing. Like if, uh, for people who are starting off as pod in podcasting and they've never done it before is like do what only do what makes sense to you time-wise and stress-wise. So people want to jump in and they're going to like, I'm going to do a two hour episode every week. Uh, 
Plus, I'm going to do the video. I'm going to make little shorts, little digestibles. It's And then because people see like Sarah Silverman podcast, her doing that or Joe Rogan's podcast or even, you know, like Nate Bergazzi, all these co- comedians that do that. They make it seem easy, but that's because they have a team of people behind right. them doing that. Conan O'Brien, same thing. You know how many people are behind him that help produce his podcast and make all those little digestible things for YouTube and stuff? It, it, he's got probably 20 or 30 people working on that podcast. Mm-hmm. You don't. So, you know, it's like do what that's a that's a reason people get burned out on their podcasts is because they once they get into it and they're like, oh, this is so much work and they don't know how to manage their podcast, like how to do the pr- production scheduling and managing. Um, it's, it's hard to stay ahead of that stuff. So the more you, the more components you add to your show, the more work it's going to take you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy editing the clips, so, you know, it's kind of fun for me to do it, but I think it's just one of those things where it's like, if I don't have the time or I'm too stressed out or something, that's just not going to happen this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So And you should, and like, depending on how, like if you're a weekly podcast, if you're not doing super topical news items, pop culture stuff, you should really ha- be like 10 episodes to 12 episodes ahead of whatever's posting. So like you have 11 episodes in the can before you post episode one up. And while episode one is going up, you're recording 12, you're probably editing 11, something like that, so that you're way ahead of your production cycle so you don't get burned out. And uh, if you're doing bi-weekly, you could be like six episodes ahead, four episodes ahead. Um, yeah, because that way you could st- – and another thing that I'd recommend to new podcasters is like pick how many episodes you're going to do per season way ahead so you know here's the end of the race. If it's just like, well, I'm just going to go, like, you're going to burn yourself out. You should really pick how many episodes you're going to do for a season. Yeah, I kind of, and I'm probably wrong for doing this. Like, it seems like the way, if you're going to start a podcast, uh, just so you have a little bit of background on me, I've done, this is my fourth podcast that I've done now. Um, And so most of that, well, the first one had a little bit of a niche. It was kind of political and we were in college and thought that people wanted to listen to us talk about politics which was kind of dumb. <laughs> but <laughs> the hubris um, the hubris of uh of 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 youth <laughs> yeah yeah um and so i've never really other than that one never really had a niche never did seasons and always just kind of went with it um and sometimes we got burnt out a lot of times the reason that they stopped was more just like living situations or um you know you get a new job and then the schedules don't line up and more of that kind of stuff um so because i went to so i used to work in sales i don't anymore but i went to a trade show back in january when i was still with the company uh down in florida and it it was the same time and the same place that pod expo have you heard of uh it's always in florida yeah, yeah, yep. And um, I met some really cool people there. I'm actually having one of the guys I met there on next week's episode. Um, but uh, th- they were always, they, everybody was asking me like, oh, what's your niche? Oh, what season are you on? And I'm like, 
I, I don't have a niche and there's no season. <laughs> like, well, that's not, that's not how you do it. I'm like, I know, <laughs> but that's the way I want to do it. So. <laughs> yeah. And if you're comfortable with that, then more power to you. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, I, I can't, I, I, I don't have a niche that I would want to just spend all the time talking about. Like I do like to mix things up and I just really enjoy talking to people. And so, you know, that's kind of what prompted this podcast. Um, so, so yeah, still trying to figure it out, you know, but this is only episode like eight or something. So, you know, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get still there. early. Yeah. So do you have any other advice for me? Uh, in like, well, where do you, um, where do you, where do you feel your shortcomings are? Ooh. That's a little psychoanalytic. Uh, honestly, like I'm most critical on myself for like the things I say, like and the way that I talk, which you know sounds dumb for a podcaster, but like, um, I'll listen back and I'll be like, "Damn, I wish I would have wor- worded that differently," or you know, so you know, like you that, know, but God, you know what you could do is take if there if there's things you don't like to say or wait, so. I worked with a person in the past who would always start off their every sentence with awesome. That's great. And then they would respond as the host. And I kept trying to tell them, you know, gently try and think of different ways to start the show, like your sentences off. And then as things, when I would, I would just got a little more, Hey, you keep saying awesome. That's great. Awesome. That's great. Awesome. That's great. So I want you to put a sticky note on your computer screen that says awesome. That's great with the circle with the line with the <laughs> Ghostbusters. O. stick yeah, like, that on your on your screen so that when you're starting the next sentence, you know not to say that or say it in your head and then say your sentence. So there's little ways you can train yourself not to say things. Also, just pause. It's you know clean it up in post production, but you can just pause and think of your sentence. Or the next thing you want to say and then say it instead mm-hmm. of just responding. That's a good way to um to change how you you know conduct your interviews or ask questions, stuff like that. Um it's a good way to 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 get yourself to break a habit or a crutch. Right. Know, that that's a good tip. Life. Yeah, I uh a couple people or two podcasts that I listen to quite frequently are Rogan and Lex Friedman. And I kind of like to take some stuff from them, like as far as how they actually interview people. First of all, like they pause all the time and it doesn't sound awkward. It feels awkward like when you're doing it, but it's really not like when you listen back to it. It's it's You know why Joe Rogan's good at that and other comedians are good at that is because they have stage time where they've learned to be they've learned the value of stopping. Timing, yeah. And just silence. Like silence isn't a bad thing. You know, you can pause and just let a moment sit, or it's also a cue to the audience, like, oh, he's this this person is thinking of something important to say. Right. Yeah, I think uh Lex does a really good job at sometimes not even responding to like what his guests are talking about and just jumping right into the next question. That's a that's a thing I work on with new hosts is 
um, don't be afraid to interrupt or let something hang or move on without any sort of um, warning or anything like that, because it's your show. It's you're the host. You're, you're controlling the conversation. It's your show. So don't be afraid to take ownership of the show. The guest is there for you to, to interview. Also, you're acting as the proxy for the listener. So you also need to, when you're bored, that means the, the get the listeners are probably bored. So just move on, you know, Hey, that, Hey, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, that's a, that's a great comment, but it made me think of this and then you can shift the conversation. Yeah. Something like that. Cause um, yeah, if you're getting bored, then the guests are getting bored. Yeah. That makes sense. Makes or sense. the listeners, not the guests. I mean, the guests might be getting bored too, but yeah. your, your listeners are like, move on, dude, it's time to move on. <laughs> right. yeah. Um. So what do you think is like the next thing for podcasting? Cause like, it seems that podcasting has basically been almost exactly the same since it started. Like there's not a ton of, you know, giant leaps that it's made. I guess you could say going video, but even still, like you could go video for a while. Do you think there's another thing coming or do you think that there's something that you would like to see happen as far as the world of podcasting goes? I don't think it's necessarily beholden to podcasting. It's just on-demand media in general. The way people want to be entertained or hear stories, um, it's no longer in the control of just a few people who you know would say, you've got to tune in at 1 p.m. to hear this radio show, or you've got to tune in. You have to be at this on this channel at 9 p.m. to watch this show. Um, On-demand media has really just kicked the door down on that. I don't, I don't think it'll go back. Um, like, why would, why would it? Why would I have to be tuning in when you tell me to? When I could just save this, I can subscribe, and when it comes out, I can listen to it when I want at my my leisure. Um, so I, I think. Be it video or audio or a combo, you know, if you're a podcaster that wants to do both, um, I think it's just saying staying uh, relevant in that scope of like, okay, I have to, I have to create content and media with the expectation that someone's going to listen to it whenever they want. Um, is I think that's that's sort of the future of stuff. I know a lot of people were freaked out about AI, especially like on the content and production side of it, like people like me who get paid to do stuff. But um, I'm not, Cody and I have talked about this several times. We're not really afraid of it. It's, it's um, staying, using it as a tool to help you increase your production and what you could do in a production and generate ideas and stuff. It, they're still so shoddy. You 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 know if a writer is using ai to create content the writer still has to go through and fix it and put the, put it in their own language and interpret it through their mind and put it in their own words the ai is just a tool to help you generate ideas and content um so uh just being comfortable with that and getting familiar with it and not being afraid of it i think is another important step in in um if you're a podcast producer or youtube maker or anything like that. Um, that that's kind of like the two things I feel about the future of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with AI in general, I mean, I feel like everybody should just be at least playing with it a little bit because, you know, there's a lot of jobs that it's probably not going to replace, but it's going to make a lot easier or more efficient. Like yeah. I saw this one video, dude, of somebody editing a podcast, video podcast with AI, and they had all the camera feeds, you know, lined up in like uh, editing software. And then it just went and like clipped it all as uh, people were talking, you know, the camera switched or whatever, you know, for someone like you, like that doesn't really hurt you. That just means you can do like 10 more clients each day or something. Yeah, and then you know? and what you're going to do is you're going to the AI. So I use Descript for uh, my my editing. I use three. I use three DAWs or digital audio workbenches or editing programs or whatever you want to call them. Uh, I use uh, RX Isotope RX10 to go through and clean up all my audio because our guests on the podcast that I run, they're all through their computers. They're not on a microphone most of the time. So I have to put a lot more work into cleaning that up. And I used to do it all manually. Well, now I use Isotope RX10, which is using an AI to clean up the audio. And it's 10 times faster. Now I still have to go through and clean up some on my own, but it has sped up my, my, what used to take me a lot of time. Now I I've cut that down by a 10th, like, so, or it's down to a 10th of its time. And, um, and then I go to audition, Adobe edition, and I do a final cleanup phase because I can do it manually in that a lot tighter. And then, uh, and I'll do a quick, edit uh audio pass where i know there's times where we paused and we were talking we were recording but it wasn't going to be used like hey we're you know where do you want to go next do have we covered everything is there anything you want us to ask you about stuff like that i know where that is all i've i've written down like cut from 210 to 513 or something like that so i'll just go through and cut out those chunks tighten it up and then i export those tracks and then i put them into script and Descript has a really neat feature where it'll just go through and cut out us and ums. Yeah. It, it's not precise. It's like a carpet bombing. So then I have to go through and make little adjustments because it'll cut off breaths. You know, uh, it cuts off. Sometimes it doesn't know someone saying, uh, I went to, uh, the market or, uh, that's not a good, it's I went a good to a market. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a market like that. And sometimes it thinks that's an, uh, so it'll cut that. So then I have to go back through and make little adjustments and then do my heavy edits where I'm like, oh, this I'm gonna this is the, the guest went on too long, so I'm gonna cut some of this stuff. Uh, or they said something that they're gonna get in trouble for later. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this. Uh um so the AI is doing a lot of the work for me. It's speeding things up, but I'm having to go through as the human and make adjustments that the AI couldn't. So that's where AI help is helpful and you shouldn't be afraid of it. Mm. It's, it's, it's a tool. Right. The only thing is it's just getting a lot better, a lot faster. I haven't, I haven't paid for the open AI thing to mess with GPT four. Uh, but I've heard Lex Friedman and others talk about it. And the way they talk about how it's like getting close to having a conscience is pretty weird. Like, 
I mean, that's kind of like a big topic of his podcast in general is like, what is consciousness? Um, which is way too deep for me to even try to think about. That. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it is kind of interesting. I asked it, I was messing with it yesterday, chat GP or yeah, chat GPT. So the 3.5 version. And I asked it, I was like, you remember what you said and you seem startled when you make a mistake does that make you feel any way or something like that and it's just like as an AI, ai language model i don't have feelings blah blah blah, blah you know oh hmm. all right <laughs> so it's not quite to skynet level yet <laughs> yeah no no not not quite but or whopper from uh war games <laughs> i don't know what that one is <laughs> let's, let's play a game that's for your older listeners oh, okay cool um <laughs> so uh so yeah, man. Well, dude, thanks for coming on. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to cover um, as far as promoting your show or your business or anything like that. Um, but I do appreciate the insight that you've given me so far. Thanks. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. If you're a freelancer or solo entrepreneur and you just want some guidance on uh, finding clients or tips for just working with clients and strategies for running your business. Um, the podcast is called the survival podcast Produ or the podcast producer survival handbook. I couldn't even remember the name of my show. Um, yeah, it's a pretty long name. <laughs> yeah, I know we went against, that's the thing, you know, they always say, keep your names short for your podcast. We're like, nah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it, it tells, it tells you what it is, what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like all of our imaging, our logo and stuff is, Looks like the old, uh, you know, the thick line with the yellow background, uh, bold fonts. It looks know, like a book cover almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like this is your survival guide. Um, but uh, yeah, if, you, if you're if you interested in listening to that, great. Thank you for checking it out. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, if you just have questions about podcasting in general, uh, I'm, ha I'm always happy to. I don't do I don't do workshops as much as I used to. Um, but yeah, if you ever want to set up a time just to chat i'm happy to give you a couple you know half hour to an hour of my time uh you can hit me at uh johnny at flores podcast productions.com um i'm happy to to chat or go to my website you can set up a time flores podcast productions.com oh and, dude uh, speaking of your website i was like looking at all your information on your actual podcast page i think it was just on the apple one and I love how you had you had a link, and I totally forget what it said, but it was a Rick Roll video. Oh, <laughs> like, this guy just fucking Rick Rolled me. That's that was that was Corey. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> or Corey, okay. Cody, Cody. I don't know where I got Corey from. Cody did that. Yeah, I <laughs> fell for it too. I was like, what? What is this link to? And I looked on it. I was like, you sob got me with the Rick Roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. You had me laughing. Yeah, that's Cody. He's just a funny dude. He's just like a good-natured, funny guy, you know. Yeah, it seems like you guys are having a lot of fun doing that podcast. I'm looking forward to listening to more. Um, podcast production is something that, you know, I think that I would be good at and I would enjoy. I haven't really done it too much for other people yet, um, but, you know, I do it for myself. So You have to be really good at time management. It's really what what most productions are is time management and um you know scheduling time management and knowing where you are in your production cycle 
so that you can stay ahead of things. Um, that's a big reason why people don't get listeners is because their podcast comes out randomly, irregularly. And uh, that, you know, that's one of the things my clients pay me for is to like keep the production moving so that there's content steadily coming out. Like, you know, Visit Sacramento has seen their listenership double every year over the past almost four years. It's doubled. Uh, And that's because we consistently put out episodes. We keep the episodes shorter because it's, it, you know, we, we know exactly who we're marketing to with that podcast. It's people planning vacations. It's couples planning vacations. It's families uh, scheduling vacations. And that's typically the mom who is managing the vacation schedule. Like the research has shown this. This isn't me just saying the mothers are the ones uh, that put vacations together. It's typically the mom that does it. So we've made our episodes evergreen so that if you're coming to the city any time of the year, you can go to this venue that we're talking about or the business or the restaurant or whatever, or we do stuff that's annual so that you can kind of plan like, Oh, I want to go to that thing next year when it happens. Um, we make the episodes short and digestible so that if you're just trying to figure out, Oh, I want to go to, we're going to Sacramento in two weeks. Let me hear a couple episodes about things you can get like through three episodes while you're, doing the dishes or you're working out or something like that, you know, it's just something quick and easy to listen to with. Uh, and the reason, three reasons people listen to podcasts to be entertained, to hear stories and learn something. So we cover all three of those in each episode. So we've made, and we sort of follow a template too, introduction to the guest or let the guest introduce themselves really and tell their story. Then some background on their business or the venture or whatever. And then the third part is sort of like wrapping up, where can they follow you? Where can they book time? What days are you open? Stuff like that. Uh, so it makes it really easy for the guests to get into or the listeners to get into. And we continuously put out episodes. So people know and have come to like, oh, we, I know an episode's going to be out on Thursday. So, And they've done a really good job because they have a marketing team. They tie the podcast into their Instagram and their social media. They tie all that back into the website. The website has a little story that talked with a post with a link to the podcast. So, you know, it's they've done it. They have a tremendous team running their their website and doing the marketing for tourism here. So, uh, like, yeah, if you have that kind of strategy, you can think. You have to. It's like three dimensional chess, like on Star Wars. You know, you have to kind of think on three different levels of like, okay, how am I going to manage this production? What am I offering my listeners? Where am I offering my clients? And how can we tie all that together so that they're happy as an organization and the listeners are happy with the content that we're creating? So like, that's what you got to think of as a producer. Like if you're going to get into podcast production like that. Right. Yeah. Quick side note, dude. When I went to Sacramento for the first time, I loved how the airport had all those uh, suitcases stacked up to the top in the baggage claim. I was like, oh, man. It's <laughs> a funny story about that. I I had lived in San Diego for several years and I hadn't been back home in Sacramento for a long time. It had been close to a decade. And when I left, the airport was much smaller. So I get off the airplane. I get back to Sacramento. I mean, it had been probably 10 years since I've been home. And I got off the air, airplane. 
exited and got to that and saw that luggage thing, I was like, where the, how the fuck did I get on the wrong airplane? Like, like, how did they let me? Yeah, I was like, how did they let me on the air, airplane and let me get off? I'm like, what the hell? So I'm like <laughs> looking around, I'm like, is this isn't the airport? And I had didn't know it had been updated or anything. I'm like, oh man, how much is this gonna cost me to get back home? And now I gotta call my my family and be like, hey, <laughs> I'm at the wrong airport. I don't it might be a couple hours. I don't know what's going on here. And then I went as I was as I was like walking around, I saw like you're at Sacramento International Airport. I'm like, dude, you should have had that way back there. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> but I exited the airplane, some sort of signage saying Sacramento International Airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful place, man. Northern California is so pretty. I think I want to move there someday. I I I've lived in San Diego, I've lived in LA, I've lived in Portland, I lived in Spokane. Um I lived Outside of San, I've never lived in San Francisco, never would, but uh, outside, like I've lived in pretty much all the major West Coast cities, and I find Northern California just to be like my speed. It's not Sacramento's on par with like Austin and Portland as far as size, but what you can like yesterday, we like you can drive to the beach if you want to go to the beach, it'll take you about an hour and a half, two hours to get to the beach. If you want to go up to the mountains. 30 minutes to an hour. If you want to go up to like Tahoe, super close by, um, tons of outdoor stuff to do. We have two rivers that intersect in Sacramento. Um, so like yesterday we went out paddle boarding and, uh, with, with some neighbors and their kids. And, um, if you want to go mountain biking, trail hiking, running, like there's just so much to do here. And then in the city of Sacramento, you know, we've got, a robust dining scene, uh, lots of good drinks, breweries. You can weed is legal here, so you can go to a dispensary and get weed if you want. Want that? Like, uh, I don't know. Northern you Island, there. <laughs> is it? That's <laughs> it. Well, I can't stop playing. So yeah, I love. Like I, I'm a motor. I, I come from a motorcycle family, so I ride motorcycles year. You know, pretty much year round up here. It gets a little cold in the winter, but you could do it year round. Um, my dad is in this, he's a Ducati guy. So, uh, he's in this, he's been in this discussion board, like website discussion board for years, all for Ducati people. And they do a meetup on the East coast for all the website users. And then there's a West coast meetup and the East coast meetup is always in wherever the tell the dragon is. I think that's in one of the Carolinas. Um, not sure. Yeah, it's it a, might be right it's on a the real board. windy freeway or a road highway um, called the, and it goes through a mountain range, I believe. So it's it, they call it the Tell of the Dragon, and uh, and then the, on the West Coast we always meet in Northern California. We go there's like several spots sometimes on the coast, sometimes inland, some usually up in the Sierra Nevada somewhere because the writing up here is just beautiful, and people come from all over to meet up. Like we get people from Canada. Uh, as far west as um, Idaho and Montana, they all, and then everyone from like Southern California all come up here for that Ducati meetup and, and go riding. So I don't know, man, Northern California is hard to beat. It's really beautiful up here. Dude, I can imagine. I, I'm not into motorcycles or anything, but I uh, <clears throat> drove from 
Leggett, I believe, down. That's where like the drive through tree is. Oh, okay. So you were, yeah, you were on the coast almost. Yeah. Well, I, I went all over. I went up five, up to like Wairika or Eureka. Yeah. And then There's over, Wairika and Eureka. And then over to the other Eureka. Yeah. <laughs> um, but dude, coming out of like those windy woods, like I'm from the East Coast. And so our mountains are like this. And you're uh. just like this. <laughs> so it was like so cool and then you like come out and then you just turn and like there's a pacific ocean and there's like these yeah. rocks i was like it, it was like one of the best experiences i've ever had like just driving from the redwood forests out to the coast like it was just so cool you know? yeah we if you're ever in monterey stay at the uh, let me look it up real quick monterey. it's super affordable to stay in well, that my last job was paying me to go out there and sell dog treats. So, uh, <laughs> not when I'll go there and <laughs> again, but well, for your listeners, if you're it's a it's a state owned park, um, that's managed by a company, but it's called Asilomar, uh, A S I L O M A R. It's it's not like, um, a five star place. I'd say it's probably a three star hotel. Internet's real shoddy. But it's huge. A lot of conferences take place there. It's huge. And you could stay right on the coast. You're a couple minutes walk from the beach, the Silomar State Beach. Um, and it's sort of like a good central spot where you can like go to Monterey. You can, you know, go to the uh, Monterey Aquarium. You can drive it up and down the coast. Um, there's the 12 mile ride or something like that, too, that's right by there. Um, so, yeah, a Silomar. Uh, stay there look it up it's a it's a federal or a state park so the rates are way cheaper than if you were to stay at a hotel in the area it's just bare bones the the rooms are super bare bones but you're not gonna be in the room much anyways so. right yeah yeah but yeah it's cool it's a beautiful place um but yeah man all right let's uh wrap up here thank you so much for yeah. uh for coming on man i really appreciate you giving me your time i know you kind of wanted to do a little bit of a shorter one than i usually do so i appreciate uh you know you being a little flexible there um and uh yeah thanks for all the insight and hopefully we can uh chat again in the near future and i'll be looking yeah. forward to your next episode of uh podcast producer survival handbook i've been really enjoying it so far we'll have a thanks yeah thank you for saying that thank you for kind words yeah we'll have an episode out this thursday uh awesome. as we're as we're recording this so uh we got another every other week is when that show comes out because gotcha. We don't want to burn ourselves out. So we do every other week. <laughs> We're at Cody and I are both really busy. So, uh, but yeah, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It was a fun yeah. conversation. Yeah. Likewise, man. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Hey everyone. So I think I'm going to take some notes from the Lex Friedman podcast and start ending my episodes with a quote that is somehow relevant to the episode. So today's quote comes from the infamous and often unnecessarily polarizing Joe Rogan. The beautiful thing about podcasting is it's just talking. It can be funny or it can be terrifying. It can be sweet. It can be obnoxious. It almost has no definitive form. In that sense, it's one of the best ways to explore an idea and certainly much less limiting than trying to express the same idea in stand-up comedy. For some ideas, stand-up is best, but it's really, really nice to have podcasts as well. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.